Hello and welcome to another episode of Jock Mailbag. My name is Damo and joining me as usual is Clarky. Clarky, how are you doing? What does your team look like heading into round 12, the first by round? Well, Damo, I'm going to be the bigger man and address the elephant in the room. Your boys, your boys killed me. Uh, I was there front front and center. Uh, I knew it was bad news when the third quarter came around and I hadn't even noticed that Stephen May had gone off and Sam Wiedemann was in the back line and it was all downhill from there. So credit to the Frio boys. But I did manage to nail my captain option this week, which is one step forward for my season going forward. I'm now making my way back up to the top, you know, 30K. (laughs) And we've got a massive guest this week. We've got the reigning champion of Supercoach from last year, Supercoach Mama. M, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. No problem. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm cold. I don't know. It's probably not cold where you are, Damo, but Clarky would agree oh, with me. Yeah. It's absolutely. cold out there, baby. It's freezing in Perth as well, so don't worry about that. Okay. So the mid-season draft just happened. About 17 selections were made and not a lot of players who will play straight away, but most of the ones that were selected will come in at that 102k bottom basement price. Um, I've made a list of the players that I think will make immediate impact once they are available. I say once they are available because some players were injured at their time of drafting. Uh, so I'll just quickly go through them. So uh, North Melbourne drafted Callan Dawson. He's a key defender. Picked up a little injury on the weekend, so he's probably only a two, three-week injury, but he will probably make an impact as soon as he's available to assist the likes of the Aiden Core and Ben Mackay um, for North Melbourne. Uh, Adelaide drafted Brett Turner, who's a big-bodied athletic midfielder. He's likely to come in, not probably not this week, probably too soon to be this week, but I think he's one that we can look out for uh, pretty soon. Uh, the next one is Josh Carmichael at Collingwood. I'm not sure who he pushes out, but he's every chance to start his life pretty soon at Collingwood. Uh, Sam Durden was picked up by Carlton. They will probably play him as soon as possible with Jacob Wiedering out, no Mitch McGovern, Caleb Marchbank still on the return from injury. Essendon also picked up Jai Menzi. He's a small forward. He will probably pick up that role that um, Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody left behind. And I think he's going to come straight in after their bye and make an immediate impact in a position that they aren't too blessed at, with at the moment. And Hawthorne selected James Blank, a key defender who's been playing for Box Hill. He's probably playing this weekend, to be completely honest. He's, he's already been in the system. He knows how their system works. So there's not going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of training needed to him needed for him rather so he's probably the main one that we can look at down in defense uh, if needed the other one that people will be asking about is Bryn Teekle at Port Adelaide Um, he's probably the most likely of the Ruckman selected to come in at some stage Um, he's more like uh, Peter Laddams than Sam Hayes so he's every chance to come in as well but I don't know if he pushes out Sam Hayes or Charlie Dixon uh, at just yet. He'll need to learn their system in the sandful for a little bit. So he's, he's probably a later on one that we can, we can probably jump on now, but 
he probably won't get a game for a few weeks and he's every chance to also be dual position as well. Any of those guys stand out to you guys? Whew, Damo, thank God you did the research before coming in. <laughs> I did I did watch parts of it, but thanks for that uh that wrap up there. I think the the concern that I not concern, I mean it's great to see so many, you know, talented players get their opportunity halfway through a season for whatever flaws the system has. It's still great for those guys to get picked. Um I think it's there's only a few names really that might be relevant for us in the coming weeks, which is probably what's scaring me because I was kind of hoping for a little bit more and see my teams were drafting a little bit for depth. Um, yeah, so I'm really interested. Who's the port the port guy? Will yeah, the dual positional. I just need a cheap ruck forward desperately. Do you find that because obviously we're going into the buys now, so the strategy I actually had. You know, my uh, my brother-in-law messaged me today and he's relatively new super coach wise and it's probably something that's touched on in a lot of podcasts. But uh, Mama, I'd be very keen to hear your insight on how you approach the buys. You know, do you look immediately for upgrade options in the first round or are you looking just to bank some cash and get some bodies on the field in that round 12 and then build over the next couple of weeks? Like what's your what's your mentality going into it? Yeah, um, it was a little bit different last year because I was actually quite <laughs> high ranked. I think I was sixth this time last year during the buys. Um, so, and I had to choose to ditch Grundy last year because Ooh. he had that injury. Um, but I'm just keen to get the best player in so um, and just keep improving my side. So, for example, I know we'll talk about it, but I will be bringing English in. Um, if his uh, break even wasn't so low, I might have not, but he's got to come in, even though he's got the bye next week, he's just got to come in. He's he's the forward I'm missing. It just makes sense. Just do things that make sense with your team. Find your weakest link. It's all a balance, um, but I'm like doing tit for tat, so I'm trading out around 13 player and bringing in around 13 player, so I'm kind of... But you've really just got to keep an eye on that balance of your buys but while still upgrading your team. I'm not really a fan of hoarding lots of cash anytime. I'm not really a hoarder. I know some people are. I'm always blown away when people are like, I've got 500K in the bank. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, no, those people are insane. I don't that, – that's a whole – that's a whole ass player. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So – I'm not really a hoarder of cash, just keep upgrading, but you just got to do it in a balance with the buys because uh, winter is come. well, in winter has come. <laughs> <laughs> um, but surprises will happen. There will be someone that gets rested or injured or sick. Um, yeah. So that, the, you know, that healthy 19 you might have might deteriorate to a 17. Yeah. So you just got to keep on your toes, have lots of options, but be prepared for change. That's great advice. And having 500K in your bank usually means you're missing out on a lot of points somewhere. So uh, yeah. I think having some money in the bank is okay, but not that much. Do you find as the reigning champion, you're less concerned with your trades and how they turn out? Like, do you do you still have the drive to try and win the grand prize again? Or do you feel you have more freedom to play the game your way now that you've won? 
Good question. I wish I played the way that I wanted to from the start of this year. <laughs> I've kind of been in nowhere land of trying to do well, but trying to be conservative because people are watching and everything. So <laughs> I'm, I'm playing with a little bit more freedom. A couple of weeks ago, I almost made a trade where I was going to get Doherty for one. Or I was going to get Luke Parker for 470. That was before his really big score. And Houston for 407. And I didn't do it. Oh, Houston was really cheap anyway. And I I could have done two for one and I went the safe route and I'm regretting it. Yeah, it's always a bit. It's always a bit like that. I think throughout the whole season, there's. It's uh, it's good to know that even even the upper upper echelon players have the same anxiety that I do every week when I'm like, is this the right person for me this week? Yeah. Uh it's yeah. Um, I I'm playing with a bit more freedom. I got Sinclair two weeks ago, and I'm really happy. So for five twenty, I mean that wasn't that's not really <laughs> he's not really a really out there pick, but. He meets um, like dogs at 550 rules, so that's all that's important for Jock Reynolds listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I won't say that I bought Doggerty for 560 then. It's all right, we won't tell him. <laughs> I should but... have kept that rule. I would have actually been doing a lot better <laughs> if I kept that rule. Bodie on Twitter wants to know if you wear your Supercoach tracksuit out and about. No, I don't wear my Supercoach suit. It is, it is a red that needs to be seen it is so bright that literally i could be like firefighters wear that red for a reason <laughs> um i could seriously go out there and help rescue people um super coach launch a couple of months ago i had to walk down collins street at 6 30 with that suit whoa was i getting some looks and i just strutted down i'm like oh yeah i sound like a traffic light right now but that's okay so no i don't but I wore it for Christmas. I wear it, I wore it um, last day of work last year. No one knew who I was that I won Supercoach at work. And everyone thought that I'd gone, I had this awesome Christmas suit because it's bright red. <laughs> I'm like, I love your Christmas suit. You got a KFC Christmas suit. And I'm like, sure do. Yeah, and absolutely. I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> explain myself. It's only, only for special occasions. Yeah, only for special occasions. That's right. As all good suits should be. Yeah, that's right. All right. Straight into the questions. Uh, Lisa on Twitter, she she jumped on Nick Vlostoon when he had his hot run of form when he first came back into that Richmond side. She wants to know if she should stick with him for now or sideways him to a more reliable premium. She already has Crisp, Short, Hewitt and Rich. Hmm. Sorry, Lisa, but is Rich your more of your problem? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I di- oh no. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on we, don't, we don't take kindly. I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> no, is is he, what's he averaging? I actually haven't. Um, my super coach is frozen I think- on me. I think Rich is less of a problem because he copped that tag last okay, week. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which on it's it's not gonna. It's like when a couple it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think GWS were tagging like Ed Langdon. You know they choose to tag these weird influential people. So hopefully, you know, I think Rich can stay for a bit. Boston, 
I don't hate moving someone sideways at this stage because they've got the buy this week. If it helps with your overall structure or if you need a person for this week. Yeah. Um, he's had a couple of really low couple of weeks with a 68 and 54. He's got a rake even 158, obviously got the buy. Um, I don't hate it. Is he your weakest link, Lisa? Have you got rookies on your field still? Have you got dodgy rookies on your field still? Um, would be my advice. I know he's got the buy. Um, it is a good time to to fix him. But I, how many rookies do you have on field? Um, yeah. Uh, it- yeah. If it suits structure, I think yeah. Yeah, it's I, got I to do structure. I I don't I don't hate it. Um yeah, I don't hate it, but like for someone like um Sinclair, he's also had the bite like you could wait a week, do some other things, then get someone like Sinclair who's not too expensive. Um but yeah, someone like I don't know, we can talk about Stuart and Sicily. They <laughs> are they <laughs> um I only have one of them. Do you got? I only have Stuart, obviously, the love of my super coach life, <laughs> who I started, who I really expected 104 from, and I was just going to put up with. So, oh, yeah, I am he not, went I'm off. like, I am not that arrogant person. I'm like, totally knew it. Like, <laughs> he's totally surprising me. I did this say on this Twitter that um, I reckon they've told him he's captain next year. I've got my gut feeling, complete 100% rumor. But he is just playing out of this world. Anyway, by the by, don't go, don't spend all your bank, Lisa, on these really super premium defenders. Um, it would be my advice. Make sure if you have the money in the bank, but um, yeah. I guess the positive thing about Nick Vlossen is he's going to play every game that he's available and job security is not a problem. Is important with players that you select. So you're talking about the weakest link being like a potentially a dodgy rookie. That makes, that makes sense because it, if she's got someone like a, a Malcolm Roses or something who, if, if he has too many poor games in a row, Stuart Jew's not going to send him back to the VFL. Whereas Nick Vlossen he can have a few poor games in a row, but Damien Hardwick is still going to back him in most weeks to bounce back and perform better the fo- in the following game. It's um, it's a pretty it's the defender version of the Zach Butters problem. I think it's you know a run of poor scores, but definitely has the capacity. Um, so I think yeah, if if it's your if it's your biggest problem, it's it's time to go up and you know, move him on to someone more consistent, cover your structure. Next question comes from Tyler on Twitter. He's looking for a forward with either the round 12 or the round 14 buy to fill his last spot. Uh, the best options to him seem to be out of Dustin Martin, Jordan Degoe, or Jade Gresham. Or is there someone else that he should be looking at? Does he mean playing round 12 and 14 or has the buy in round 12 or 14? Has the the buy in round 12 or 14. So he's already bringing in some Bulldogs players. So doesn't need any more players with the round 13 buy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I have a feeling we're targeting a certain price range here uh, because they're not there. Yeah. Um, Jade Gresham's about 475k. And I think at that price, Coming off his buy next week, I think he's 
a good one to jump on. Um, he's, he's also still benefiting from Jack Steele's absence. He was scoring well without <clears throat> Jack Steele missing as well. So his role hasn't changed too much. Um, I think he's just a good option as someone to finish your team. Obviously, the ideal scenario would have been to start with him and make and make all that money, but you can't do that now. But he's still averaging really well in the forward line and he's re- in that top eight to ten still. So he's someone who is definitely an option. Dustin Martin still finding his feet a little bit and Jordan Degoe, he can either score you 60 or 120, but there's not a lot of in, in between with him. I think Gresham's a good shout. Yeah, Gresham's a great option, but uh, I'd love to throw out a name that maybe you guys have some thoughts on. Harry Himmelberg. He's a key forward who is now playing as a halfback. And to be honest, I think the role is kind of there for him. Um, You know, since he's been playing as as a defender in the last two games, 80 against West Coast, 126 against Brisbane. Um, 350k. I know it's. I know it's a huge shout. Damo, you're shaking your head. This is an audio medium. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> tell me in words how much you don't respect me anymore. I've already but said no. <laughs> I. It's just a low key shout that I'm like. You know, if you want to go for it, I'm. I've considered it. Is what I'm saying. If you're gonna jump on someone around who's cheap-ish. I would jump more on someone like Jack Rewalt, who seems to finish the season with a bang. Like, he's got every chance to pump out 100 every single week on the run home, given who they're playing, than Harry Himmelberg does at, 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 uh, at halfback. Because on the run home, you look at who Richmond are playing. They're playing Port Adelaide this week or sorry, not this week, after their return from their bye next week. And then they play West Coast, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, and then Fremantle, Brisbane, and then Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, Essendon to end the season. He's going to have a few bad weeks there when he comes up against the teams like Brisbane and Fremantle, and he also plays Carlton and Geelong as well before that run of games. So he's going to have a a couple of poor weeks in between, but he's mostly playing bottom four, bottom six teams in in the run home. He's at 411K, he's a better, cheaper option than Harry Himmelberg for me. I said it wasn't out there one, uh, but what I'm hearing is it's a great case for Dusty. That too. Is Todd Goldstein a top six forward for the remainder of the season? He What's he been averaging? He's... He's I mean, averaging 92 for the year, but has a five-round average of 116. I think just keep him until he breaks. <laughs> just he's not um, – if if you've already got Goldstein, um, is, the, is the guy already got him or are they looking to trade them in? I think he wants to know if he's worth trading in. So coming up on the run, he's got Wits – uh, GWS, so that'll be Flynn or Pruce or who, whoever, Kieran Briggs. Is he still a Ruckman? Um, Adelaide is, is it Strachan? Uh, O'Brien. O'Brien is Riley, Riley O'Brien. Uh, yeah, like, I don't hate his matchups coming in the coming weeks, um, but whether he can continue it is. What's the guy with Sherry? Is he. 
just coming back from injury. I know he's been playing and been playing really uh, like I looked at his super coach scores and he's been playing really poor, like low super coach. Are they going to build him back up? That's the only issue that I would have. It sounds like Tristan Sherry is going to be the Ruckman of the future. And then there'll be a case where there's the handover from Goldstein to Coleman Jones. I don't know when that handover is going to happen. Probably looking more likely to be next year that that handover happens, but Coleman Jones has pushed Cherry out before. I don't think Goldstein is going to not play unless unless David Noble wants to try something really, really drastic. Yeah, but he was playing more forward um, and he was scoring quite poor. Good yeah. on those who jumped on early. He was yeah, really look, cheap. Yeah, 520 for Goldstein... I like it. It's still a, it's still a reasonable price for someone who you are planning to keep. If you think I'm bringing him in and I'm willing to jump off him, barring in like barring injury, but if you're sort of bringing him in, you're like, oh, well, I'll just see how this goes and maybe it's a patch. I think that's a waste of a trade at this late, like mid to late stage of the season. I personally wouldn't be bringing him in. Um, I feel like there are other options that are a bit more safer. Um, and like for 30k more, I know they've got the buy and the really awful, terrible buy, but Bailey Smith's hunt, uh, you know, he's 550. Bont is possibly coming down as long as he doesn't go ballistic. Um, there's English, who's a must have. And I know, I just feel like there are other options. Yeah, regardless of, yeah, regardless of buy in the forward line, I'm like, I can't look past English. Is it time to trade Braden Pruce or do we hope that he comes back after the Giants buy? Bit of a surprise when he wasn't selected last week. Uh, we thought he'd come straight back in because he only was out due to illness. Um, wasn't selected. Probably had managed minutes in the VFL, but stats don't show time on ground for the VFL. So there's no way to tell, but... Didn't have a great VFL outing if it was a full game. Uh, so not really knocking down the door to boot out Flynn if it was a full game that he did play. If he doesn't come back after the Giants buy, is it time to trade him? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm waiting till that happens though. I'm personally looking at trading Hayes and I know that's going to possibly be sucky for my 13 buy if Proust doesn't get named. Um, however, I need the money, honey. That's that's next week's problem. I <laughs> that's next week's problem. Yeah, I have another problem that if I McComb I bring into my forward line and then I'm stuck with my midfielders and I'm just forward planning. I need to trade Hayes, Hayes or Bruce. I'm really praying. I was really hoping Bruce would be a premium or a keeper, um, which people are saying that he's not. But I'm just hoping he gets names because when he plays, he scores well. So I could hopefully squeeze out because I've only got two more upgrades after I bring English in. And if I have to trade Bruce, that's another upgrade. (laughs) So I'm just kind of like in denial. So my plan is is that worst case, English will go to my rucks and Bruce will become a more like a cheaper forward option. Harry Himmelberg, I like it. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think the difficult thing as well 
is that uh, I genuinely think that Matt Flynn is playing so well. Like, I think the selection between Proust and Flynn must be so tight from a week to week. And Flynn, I think, probably... He's been with the Giants a bit longer. Proust kind of came in expecting a number one rock roll and has had so many setbacks. And Flynn's kind of able to hold his own. So I think McVeigh, uh, the multiverse of McVeigh, will eventually bring Proust back in. And if he does play consistently, he is a keeper. I personally jumped off him because I could bring in wits. So I think if you're getting rid of Proust to bring in a Wits or even a Goldstein, I don't, I don't hate someone who is guaranteed Ruckman. You don't have to worry about them being in or out. It's why I've held on to Max Gorn through seventies and eighties, and you know you get the hundred eighteens. It's you want the consistency because it's such a light position, whereas with the other lines you have more bench space to play with. Lots of questions about the ruck line this week, so I think we've answered pretty much all of them in that in that little space there. One other question that we had before we get into our tips is uh, Matt wants to know if Cooper Stevens or Jake Saligo are still viable trading options. I don't know about Geelong. <laughs> I'm only a Geelong supporter. Yeah. Um, Not a great sign. Yeah. Um, I heard something about Dane. Oh no, that's right. He um, he's the president of the. Never mind. Um, I think <laughs> Danger's going to be out for a couple of a week or two. I don't know about Stevens. I don't know. I I don't know. Only if you have to. I prefer Owens, and I um, I know he's on the bye, and I know we don't know whether he's just selected, but he should be selected from that game. So you pro- that person probably already has Owens and at right now screaming at me. I already have Owens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure about Stevens. Stevens, yeah. I think Jake Saligo is probably the safer one out of the two, but Jake Saligo is over 200k now, so you'd really, really have to be scrapping for cash to want to trade him in. And like you said, I think Mitch Owens probably plays next week. Who knows what his job security is after that, but he is going to at least have one round of making money, uh, possibly more because he's been tearing it up in the VFL. So I think they'll want to see what he can do going forward. And uh, especially after the great performance on the weekend, it, it was like 10 disposals, 11 tackles and two goals or something. So outstanding work from him. And I hope that he gets another chance after the St. Kilda buy. And I think he's the best trade in either this week or next week on the rookie front. We'll move on to the tips. So there's only six games this weekend as we've got uh, six teams on the buy. But Damo, I, I just might apologize uh, quickly while I butt in because while we've got uh, a super coach winner alumni with us, I feel like we should ask Patch's question. Uh, that he sent through quite early when we asked the questions. Um, uh, and uh, Patch's question is, uh, how does he get everyone to stop talking about their scores because their scores are better than his and it's making him sad? Uh, he's tried getting good and scrubbing, uh, but to no avail. I was wondering if you have any advice for the great man. Yeah. Uh, I, I reckon you just internally play golf patch so when someone does a high score you go Haha, no i got 300 less than you so i win 
So just turn it around, Patch. It's all about the mindset. It's all about your, how you think of things, how you embrace life. So you go out there, girlfriend, and get 1600 for me. Excellent. Excellent advice. Supercoach Golf, I like it. Maybe we can talk to them about maybe doing one for the PGA Tour or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be so good at Supercoach Golf. <laughs> I totally sucked at Supercoach Golf last yeah. year. I'm doing better this year, though. Literally the worst at Supercoach Golf last year. <laughs> All right. On Friday night, Western Bulldogs take on Geelong at Marvel Stadium. Uh, VC options in this game are the usual three or four: Bont, McRae, Dunkley, Stuart! Smith, Sorry. St- Stewart. <laughs> yep, I couldn't mention Geelong without mentioning Tom Stewart, so he's also an option. Uh, it scared the pants off me. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, I can't tip this game. I, I have tipped. I tipped Geelong in or in honor of our, our guest but in the past uh em, i'm sorry to bring it up I, I am a bit salty with geelong because in the past i have tipped them and they've let me down um why isn't jeremy cameron kicking more goals and carrying the team entirely on his shoulders i know right um i don't know i should have done research i don't know how many top eight teams geelong have actually beaten this year i don't think that many so if it was if it was at GMHBA Stadium, I think I'd be more comfortable in selecting Geelong, yeah. but Western Bulldogs seem to grow a leg when they play at Marvel Stadium. So it is a hard game to tip. I I think Geelong will win, but it's going to be a close game. Yeah. So Freo obviously better. We bet Brisbane, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I you guys be... have beat one top eight team this year. Yeah. Yeah. So we and we've won two in a row, which means we're due to lose. Uh, so don't say that because I can't change my tip. That's bad juju to change your tip. Remember that community. I oh okay. Bad juju. Once you lock it in, that's it. Um yeah, look, I'll probably go with my heart and pick Geelong. Um, but I'm third in my tipping competition at the moment. Ooh. All women, by the way, my work comp, and we're that's top three, brilliant. and I'm two behind the winner. $400 prize. Whoa. I know. Uh, maybe. Mistakes. Um, and they they hate Geelong. They always, and that's how I've got the fine. <laughs> they always tip against them. Uh, you Next. know what? I, I, have a, I have a story for the bad juju, proving the bad juju as well. You remember the week that Essendon beat Hawthorne? Yes. That week I changed my tip from Essendon to Hawthorne before the game. Oh, no. So you're welcome, Patch. You're welcome. <laughs> Next game, Adelaide host West Coast at Adelaide Oval. I think the only real vice captaincy or captaincy option in this game is Rory Laird. Anyone else I'm forgetting? Stuart, no joke. Um, no. Billy Kelly, if you own him, has had a couple of acceptable weeks. Um. I don't know how many people actually own Tim Kelly and those crazy people are probably loving it at the moment. He's in 880 teams and as a captaincy option, no. I am not agreeing with that one. What's his last couple weeks? 139.80. Okay, I didn't realise there was the 80 in between that. He's had a couple of tons though in the last... 
He has. Yeah. I just don't think he's. No, nope, that's a fine. I retract option. that. Only Rory Laird from this game. Next game. Halo Walker. No. Next game is Gold Coast against North Melbourne at TIO Stadium. Uh, could probably captain anyone from Gold Coast and they'd make a good score. Took Miller, Jared Witts are probably the main ones that people could look at, though. Yeah. Um, Todd Goldstein, if we uh, we brought him up before, he's at a decent form. It, it'd be Goldstein against Wits, so that would be an interesting battle, and it might be a case of that of them breaking even in the in the ruck there. So, Took Miller's probably the one to go with in this game if you were going to take a punt on anyone there. Melbourne have a chance for redemption to get oh, their season yeah. back Hang on, on track Whoa. against Sydney. Okay, that's low. That's a low. That's, oof. Um, yeah, I'd hate to be Sydney this week. Uh, Salem's coming back. Ed Langdon should be back. Tom McDonald. Uh, looks like most likely Harms will probably be selected as well. Um, I think Goody was saying something like uh, Tomlinson in for May, who's in concussion protocols. Um, so is May okay, Clarko? Yeah, he's... He's okay. Like it, w- it was a rough hit. Like it happened um, in the first quarter, and I saw him go down. And he got up and kind of jogged on, so that's why I didn't think much about it. But they subbed him out uh, around quarter time, and I didn't notice until the third quarter. And then I was like, "Why is Sam Wiedemann playing in the back line? Oh no, he's playing on. He's playing on Lob. Oh no, now he's matched up with Tabana. Oh no. Uh, if we ever pick Sam Wiedemann again, I might explode with pressure rage." Um, yeah. he'll be back next week. Oh, good. I've got, I've, I've got a very soft spot for me. Is it cause he looks like Alex, is it Alex Carey from Grey's Anatomy? No, I got him for $400,000 <laughs> last year and he did okay. He's a good boy. He plays on from kick-ins. Uh, Melbourne will win this. Uh, we will. I think Melbourne are going to win this one. I think, I, I, I don't think Sydney, Sydney's only real, only one against Geelong as Again, as a uh, top eight side, and that was in Buddy's game. Buddy's game where he kicked his thousandth goal. So, I think there was a little bit of um, adrenaline in in that game that helped them over over the line there. But I still think Sydney are going to make the eight, but I don't think they're a top four team this you know year. What's I think really annoying about Sydney, and I hate it because I've noticed it every week now, is that they just love absolutely cooking the first half to try and come from behind. Like it, it's like when you see like an older brother playing with a younger bar- brother and Murray kind of like, Oh, I'll just let him lap me. And then the little brother like wins. And then it's like, Oh no, nah, come on. I <laughs> took it easy on you. Just play a full game, Sydney. You're good. Obviously the captains, the options in this game are Max Gordon, Clayton Oliver, Christian Petrarca, Callum Mills, Luke Parker even is an option. Low if feet. you, yeah. um, probably vice captaincy more than captaincy for him, but, all all good options in this game. Next game uh, on Sunday is Hawthorne versus Collingwood. Not a lot of captaincy options in this game. James Sicily I've, yeah. uh, is an option. He's projected to score 150 points. I don't think that happens, but uh, but he's had <laughs> a knows? good few Who weeks. with him? He just, he, it's like literally every time I'm checking the scores, like halftime, I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, 60 80 yeah sure that's fine that's going to be like a reasonable game and then i check it at the end because i've been doing stuff i'm like 100 and what <laughs> to be fair he hasn't gone below 113 points since round four 
Yeah. The yeah the the what the biggest miss in my team is Sicily. Hmm. And to end the round, the Dockers play the Lions uh, at Optus Stadium. Fingers crossed it's not raining. Uh, <laughs> if it's oh, yeah, raining. Collingwood will win, by the way. I think that's... Collingwood will win, yeah. Uh, um, I think that's that's going to happen. Form. Yep. Uh, Damo, I've backed in your boys this week. I, I th- I'm I backing Fremantle in, as I always do, but... It's going to be interesting to see how they match up because the Lions have a very tall forward line and the Dockers have chosen to go with only two massive key defenders. So it's going to be interesting to see who matches up on their third tall. Um, So one thing, one to look out for there. Captaincy options, obviously Lockie Neal. um, Andy Brayshaw. Andy Brayshaw, just on Andy Brayshaw, I don't think that we should be worried about his scoring at the moment. He's still he's still doing a lot for the possessions that he has. And I think once Nat Fife comes back in the team, he will there'll take be some pressure off him. he'll take some pressure off him and allow him to roam more freely because I think he's been getting some close attention from the opposition midfielders. Um people have been more accountable on him after seeing what he was doing earlier in the year. But I still think that he's having some really good games and I think his scoring will pick up once, uh, once Fife is back and there's less attention on him. Can I ask a quick question? Just a question without notice. Um, taking the buys out of it. Brayshaw or Zeret, who would you want to finish your M8 position? Brayshaw. They're 18k difference at the moment. Honestly, flip a coin. I feel like they're going to end the season pretty similarly. I don't trust Zeret because um, Essendon aren't playing consistently, to put it diplomatically. Um, like Darcy Parrish is racking up like 40 touches, but using it like 50%. And Zeret's kind of racking up, you know, half the touches with a little bit more efficiency and they're still doing nothing with it. So that's a huge concern for me because it then basically all comes down to pressure and willingness. Like if Essendon finds some consistency, Zeret's a no-brainer, but I like the way Fremantle are playing. I like the system that they work. Brayshaw, as Damo was saying, you know, it's easy to sort of go, oh, you know, he had a bad week because he only scored 100. But when you look at the body of work, I think Brayshaw is, he's learning to cop that tag kind of thing. Same way where Lockie, you know, Lockie Neal not that long ago was terrible under a tag or any kind of attention. And now, pretty regularly we'll just pump out a hundred plus with you know without breaking a sweat yep St- starting from zero i think uh zach Merritt and andy brace will average about 110 on the run home yeah, yeah. okay which i i think's okay as an m8 that you're paying 520 yeah i like it all right, and that wraps everything up we've answered all your questions we've given you the captaincy options we've had a look at the mid-season draft Thank you, M Supercoach Mama, for joining us. So good. Thank you. Clarky, thanks again for hanging around. The only important thing to remember, Damo, is that you can't beat my team again this year. I think we play you in like the last no game uh, of the I believe season. the season is ending in round twenty-two this year, <laughs> and that's it. And then wow, that's a juicy that's a juicy round twenty-three. Just you wait. Just you wait, Damo. 
And it'll be at Optus Stadium too. So I was so close to Alex Pierce, by the way, while they were warming up, and he is gorgeous in real life. Even better than the photos. <laughs> they seem to milk the long hair thing from yeah. with him. And it, yeah. it, all right. Was that your first one of your first questions on the mailbag? I think I listened to your first episode about who has the best <laughs> hair in the yeah. NFL. That was yes. That was one of our first questions. Yes. I'm a long term long time listener, guys. You hear that? That's a seal of approval if I've ever heard it. Seal of approval. Thank you. All right. Thanks, community. We'll talk to you next week.